0: Well, good morning, everybody. If you're good, say, I'm good. Good. It's good to be with you today. Before we get started, I wanted to um, talk a little bit of church family business and some staffing changes that we've had. A lot of you know Danny Stokes. Danny has been our Argyle campus pastor, overseeing all of our staffing and everything that happens on this Uh, campus over the past year and one of the things you may not know about Danny is Danny is incredibly gifted in the area of finances and generosity. He leads all of our uh, ministries that uh, deal with financial freedom and helping people in that area. So Danny is going to step out of the uh, campus pastor position and focus full-time on our generosity and stewardship And Chase Tremere, Chase, who has been overseeing our digital communications for the past couple years, is now going to step in and be our Argyle campus pastor. And so you guys give Chase a round of applause. We're so excited for him. This is the first time that Chase is hearing about this, and so he's a little bit surprised. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But I want you to know that Chase has been here. He's going on eight years. He's been here for a long time. Um, I believe in Chase. I trust Chase. He is a good leader, and he is a good friend. And I'm very excited about him overseeing everything that happens through our Argyle uh, ministries. And so,
1: Danny, would you mind praying over Chase? Yeah, let's pray. Uh, God, I'm so thankful for this place that you created 20-plus years ago called Cross Timbers. I'm just thankful for the way that this place has reached people Locally, right here in Argyle and in the Denton County area and literally around the world, we're grateful to be a part of it. I'm grateful for this family. As I look out over this crowd, you have brought together people who uh, have incredible gifts to bring. You've, You've brought together people who hurt, and you've allowed us to come together as a church family and serve each other and love each other and just move this idea of hope in Jesus forward. And so today, Um, I'm just grateful for Chase. I'm grateful for the journey that he's been on at Cross Timbers over the last eight years. I'm grateful for what he's learned. Uh, I'm grateful that I know you care about this place, I care about this place, and I know Chase cares about this place. And so would you give him courage and wisdom uh, as he moves forward to lead this staff and to pastor this church and to reach the community? So God bless him and give him everything that he needs. We're excited for him Uh, And we know that you've equipped him to be in this spot. So we give this all to you. We give you thankfulness and gratefulness. uh, And we just pray blessing over Chase and his family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you. Amen. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you can clap. It's a good thing. Well, um, over New Year's Eve, we had a little bit of a, a party at my house with some Friends and family, you know, I don't know if it counts because everybody was gone by 7 p.m., but uh, that was my kind of New Year's Eve party. And uh, while we were there, you know, we just got a solo stove uh, to put on the back porch, and, and we thought it'd be fun to roast some marshmallows and make some s'mores with all of the kids. The only problem was we, we could not get the fire started. Uh, I had a lighter, and I had some big chunks of wood and so we needed some kindling, uh, and so uh, we got some paper, and that didn't work. Uh, we got some small twigs, uh, and that didn't work. Uh, now, now listen, I had an engineer with me and an Eagle Scout, so it wasn't just my boneheadedness that couldn't figure out how to start a fire. We just could not get this fire started, and the kids were starting to get a little bit anxious. They wanted their s'mores, and so I decided that I was going to take matters into my own hands and I went to the garage and I filled up a small water bottle full of gasoline. Now, wait a second, I need you to know that I have never claimed to be the most cautious person or the smartest person, and I certainly have never claimed to have a lot of outdoor knowledge, okay? Um, But I take this little bottle of gasoline and I go put it on the wood. Now, the first go around, all is gravy. We get a little flame going we're rocking to Rome. But I got a little bit excited about the success that I had had and so I thought I'd squirt just a little bit more gasoline on this fire. Does anybody know what happened next? That fire went straight into that water bottle and suddenly within seconds, I was holding a a ball of fire in my hand and so I dropped the water bottle And the gasoline spread a little bit. And now we had a fire on the back porch. Not not in the solo stove, but on the back porch. And out of panic, somebody grabbed the water hose. And I don't know if you know this, but you're not supposed to put water on a gasoline fire. And so that even made it worse. So we went from no fire to to a lot of fire that was happening right there uh, on our concrete. And my father-in-law said, you know, I think that water bottle's about to explode. And uh, my wife said, I think we should call 911. And often at a safe distance, my four-year-old little girl was standing there, and she said, I think this is the best day of my life. (laughs) Now she was seeing what everybody else was seeing but she was not seeing it the way that everybody else was seeing it. She had a very different perspective. I wanna tell you today that God has a very different perspective than you. He sees what you're seeing, but he's not seeing it the way that you're seeing it. Isaiah 55, eight through nine says that his thoughts and his ways are far beyond anything that we could possibly imagine. As the heavens are higher than the earth, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. I know that some of you walked in today and you're staring at a flaming bottle of gasoline in your marriage, with your kids, with your finances, your addictions, and your future. But I wanna encourage you today that God doesn't see it the way that you see it. Some of you are waiting for that to explode. You're ready to tap out and call 911, but we can have confidence in the Lord that he's gonna provide and take care of you and keep you safe because he has a different perspective. You can trust in him because he sees everything through the lens of what he's done for you, what he's won for you, and the way that he's made for you, not the circumstance that's facing you. So when we see pain, he sees his promise. When we see a problem, he sees his peace. When we see hell, he sees hope because he has a different perspective. And the greatest thing that we can do is align ourselves with the heart of God and start seeing things the way that he sees them and have the same vision that he has. Now, I don't, I don't think this comes naturally to any of us I, but I'm a big believer in the power of our words, and I think sometimes you got to say something before you believe it. So, before we get started, I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to say, I think this is the best day of my life. Thank you, Scout, for that life lesson. Romans uh, fifteen thirteen says this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with that hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the areas that it does us a lot of good to see things the way that God sees them is when it comes to the purpose of our life, the the meaning of our life. I don't know if you know this, but we are in the year of our Lord, 2023. And every single year seems to go by faster and faster and faster, true. And every single year about this time, we stop and we take inventory of what's going on in our life. How am I doing? How is my life going? Where can I improve? Where can I slow down? We stop and we take inventory, but at the root of that inventory is a question that you and I are constantly asking ourselves. And that question is this, am I doing anything significant with my life? Do I have any purpose? Do I have any meaning to this life that I'm living. That's why we're in a series right now called What's the Point? And today you're gonna walk away with a clear understanding of the purpose of your life, the meaning of your existence. Now, uh, in this uh, series and today, I also want to introduce to you uh, the church's new vision and mission statement. When Toby came to me three years ago and asked me to be the lead pastor, I went to the bathroom and I threw up. And after I threw up, I started thinking that one of the reasons I was scared was because I knew that I was gonna have to stand here in front of you at some point and tell you, where are we going? What are we doing as a church? What is the point of all of this? And so this is something that I've been praying a lot about been thinking a lot about getting a lot of wisdom and input on, and today is the day I wanna share that with you. But I need you to understand something, okay? The vision of the church is very important. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, where there is no vision, there is no progress. vision of the church is important, but the vision of the church is really just a side conversation. Because the primary conversation and the most important thing is, is the vision for your life. Where are you going? What are you doing? Because the purpose of the church is to come alongside of you and help you fulfill your individual purpose in life. Ephesians 4.12 says that their responsibility, speaking of the church, is to equip God's people, that's you, to do his work in the name of Jesus. See, it's not the church's job to do the work. It's not the church's job to do the work and you watch. It's not even the church's job to do the work and you join. The church's job is to equip and encourage you to go do whatever God has created you to do. And I believe that the vision of the church should reflect that relationship. But before we get to any of that, I I wanna talk about your purpose, the meaning of your existence. What really matters? Okay, so you ready for this? I feel like I need to sit down to tell you this. The purpose of your life, the reason you are here, is to share hope with other people. Period. You are to share hope with other people. Now, that may not be what you wanted to hear. That may not be what you expected to hear. But I'm telling you, the reason for your existence is to take the hope that God has given you and share it with other people in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, for your benefit and your enjoyment in life and to get the most out of life and to live this life of abundance, the only way you're ever gonna be fulfilled in life is if you share hope with other people. Now, here, here's, some, here's some good news. You already have the hope that you need to share. And so this isn't something that we gotta look for. It's not something we gotta conjure up or go search for. Because he is who he says he is, you have hope. You have hope in your marriage, in your life, and in your future. You, you have hope. You have the hope of Jesus. No matter how bad you think you have it, I love what uh, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah said in a book called Lamentations, probably not a book you read very often. Book of Lamentations. And in chapter three, Jeremiah spends the first 21 verses basically complaining. And he says it in a very biblical, poetic way, but I'll say it the way that you would probably say it, okay? He says, life sucks, people suck, and my body is failing me. <laughs> Anybody relate to that? So he spends the first 21 verses saying this, and then in, in verse 21, he says this in, in Lamentation He says, yet I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, We are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. He's staring at a flaming bottle of gasoline on his back porch and he's saying, yet I have hope because God is who he says he is. You have hope. And the purpose of your life is to receive that hope from God and overflow that hope so that others may see the goodness of God through your life, through your words, through your actions, through your love, encouragement, generosity, forgiveness. You were created to live a hope-filled life, a hopeful life, a hope-flowing life so that others can see God's work in you. And Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Don't miss this. When you boil it down, your life is about other people. One of the reasons this this question, what is the meaning of life, has gotten so much press and, and millions of books have been written on it, yet there are so many people who struggle to find purpose and find meaning is because everybody wants an answer to that question that is also self-serving. How can I find purpose and also focus on myself? But you're never gonna find purpose that way because you weren't created to focus on yourself, you were created to give hope to other people. Let me say it this way, your purpose is not about you. It's about making sure that the person next to you has hope. Turn to the person next to you and say I'll be your hope dealer. <laughs> I'll be your hope dealer. Now, I know that's probably not what a lot of you wanted to hear. See, a lot of you you wanted to know what job you should take, what house you should buy, who should you marry? Should you should you have more kids? Okay. Let's pretend like God wrote you a letter and answered all of those questions. Here's the job you should take. Here's the person you should marry. Is that all you need? Is that it? There you go. There's the answer. You see, God is thinking so much bigger than that and he wants you to start seeing things the way that he sees them. And you know, the way that God sees them is he cares less about what you are doing and more about how you are doing it. Colossians 2.17 says, whatever you do, everybody say whatever. whatever. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, whatever you choose to do in life, It's less about what you're doing and more about how you're doing it. Should you take that job? I don't know. Do you like the job? Should you marry that person? Do you like the person? Should you have more kids? Do you like the kids you have? I can't tell you how many times I've I've had those conversations with people because I'm not sure it really matters. I think what matters is how you're doing things and whatever you're doing, whatever you choose to do in life, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let me say it this way, whatever you choose to do, do it in a way that gives hope to other people. Some of you might be thinking, well I thought our purpose was to be like Jesus. This is what Jesus did. He met people where they were at and he gave them hope. First thing he did after getting baptized is he went to Galilee and said, there's hope. You don't have to wait any longer. The kingdom of God is here. The abundant life is here. There is hope. The Sermon on the Mount, he was giving people hope. Blessed are the broken, blessed are the grieving, blessed are the humbled, the starving, the sick, Blessed are those that are staring at a flaming bottle of gasoline. There is hope. There is hope in the name of Jesus. He met people where they were at. He met Zacchaeus in a tree. He met Nathaniel under a tree. He met a thief while he was hanging on a tree, and he gave them hope. He met a woman at a well. He met a woman that wasn't feeling well, a man that couldn't see well, and he gave them hope. You want to be like Jesus, meet people where they're at and give them hope. That's what you're supposed to do. That's the gospel. So, if that's our purpose in life, and the purpose of the church is to be this a community of people that's encouraging one another to live out those individual purposes in our life. Then after a lot of prayer and time writing, I felt like this is what the Lord gave me for our vision statement right here. A community of Jesus followers committed to sharing hope both locally and around the world. So whenever you're writing a vision statement, what you want to think about is what's the end goal? What are we trying to accomplish? What's what's a touchdown for us? And so I believe this is it. This is a touchdown for us. If we can do this in our individual lives and be the church in our community and impact Argyle and Denton County in this way, like that's a touchdown. But then the question becomes, well, how do we do that? And that "how is your mission statement. It's the plays you're going to call to score the touchdown. It's the strategy behind the vision. And so for that, I want to read you Galatians six two, because this really applies to your personal life. How are you going to give hope to other people? If your purpose is to give hope, how are you going to do that? And Galatians six two answers that question, it says, Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. Listen, you give hope to people by meeting them where they're at and meeting their needs. That's how you give hope to people. By meeting their needs. Sometimes that looks like a sermon. Sometimes that looks like a sandwich. Sometimes it looks like psychotherapy. You meet people where they're at and you meet their needs. Again, this is what Jesus did. Uh, Sometimes he taught a message. Sometimes he healed somebody. Sometimes he fed somebody. Sometimes he did all of it. But he gave them hope by meeting their needs. And so with that in mind, I feel like that this is our mission statement. We're gonna meet emotional, practical, and spiritual needs in the name of Jesus. That's what we're gonna do as a church. That is how we're going to share hope with people as a church. Let me tell you a story. Jesus in Mark six was looking for some rest and um, he did what a lot of you do when when you're looking for rest. He went out on his boat and uh, it says that he traveled across the lake trying to get away from the crowds but when he got to the other side there was an even larger crowd waiting for him there. And so it says he got out of the boat and when he saw the large group of people, he had compassion on them. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the greatest emotional needs I have is I need people to have compassion on me. Sometimes I just need someone to come alongside of me and let me know that I'm not alone and that it's gonna be okay. And so it was through his compassion that they understand He loved them and that he cared for them and that he was there to carry their burdens, their stress, their anxiety, and their depression. And all throughout the gospels, when I see that Jesus had compassion on groups of people, then I can know that God is a God that will meet my emotional needs. Then it says after he had compassion on them, he started teaching them. He started teaching them a new and a better way about love and forgiveness. And it was through his teaching that they grew. They grew their spirit. They grew their heart. They just grew as a human being, becoming more like Christ. And every time I see Jesus going to the countryside or to the city and he's teaching people, it reminds me that he is a God that will meet my spiritual needs. But then after he had compassion and after he taught them, it says that he fed them because they were hungry for no other reason other than the people he was talking to were hungry. And so he took two loaves and, or uh, five loaves and two fish and he fed them, he multiplied it and he fed them. And it was through his feeding that he showed he was trustworthy, that he would provide, that he would keep them safe. In all the times that Jesus went around and he fed people and he healed people, I can look at that and see that God is a God that will meet my practical needs. He met their emotional needs, he met their spiritual needs, he met their practical needs. But the good news of the gospel is that whatever Jesus did, you now have the power and authority to do for other people. That is now your calling to go meet emotional needs and practical needs and spiritual needs in the name of Jesus. That's how you share hope with people. And over the next three weeks in this series, what's the point? I wanna spend some time talking about how God meets those needs for us and how we are to go meet those needs for other people. Just imagine with me for a second, okay? imagine what this would look like in your personal life. If you chose to share hope with others by meeting their needs in your apartment complex, in your office building, in your neighborhood, your friend group, your home, what if you decided to live on purpose and with a purpose, just in the area that God has given you influence, just with the people that you're connected with? What if you did buy your coworker lunch this week? What if you did send that encouraging text? What if you did invite a neighbor inside of your home? How would that change their life? How would it change your life? Now imagine all of us doing that day after day and week after week, consistently meeting the needs of our community just by leveraging the area that God has given you influence. How would that change Argyle? That is what it looks like for the church to be the hope of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that you are a God of hope, that it's not something we have to go look for or conjure up, something we have to search for, but you have already given us hope simply because you are who you say you are. God, I just pray over this vision and mission, I pray that we truly would be a community of Jesus followers committed to sharing hope with others, both locally and around the world. God, help help us open our eyes up we can't help people that we don't see. We can't meet people that we don't see. So God, I pray that you would open our eyes this week as we go about our lives in whatever we're doing so we could see the needs that need to be met, whether it's emotional, practical, spiritual, or all three. God, Lord, I just pray that we make a big difference here in Argyle. That we would just make a Huge impact in Argyle because of you, and we do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.